Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our Bible study for this morning. We're continuing on with our Christian spirituality, looking at prayer. Um, we'll um, look at our Bibles a little bit, and I'll also give us some practical advice on how to use uh, your portals and your hymnal today. So that's uh, so. If you use those or haven't used those, um, we'll um, you, you'll get a brief tutorial on how to use both. Okay. Well, let's begin with prayer. Lord God, you have caused all the Holy Scriptures to be written for our learning. May we so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort offered by your Holy Word, we may embrace and ever hold fast to the blessed hope of eternal life, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. All right. So we've been, we've been going about this Christian spirituality. Uh, last week we did a Reformation as a bit of a break. Now we're back into spirituality. Christian spirituality. We looked at prayer in the last uh, two weeks, two weeks ago already, three weeks ago, something like that. We looked at prayer, and so we're con- we're continuing on with that. Today, I want to start by looking at daily prayer. Um, do you think that the Bible commands us to play to pray daily? I see a nod. Yeah, a couple nods. Yeah. P- pardon? Continually. Continually. Yeah, there's, yeah that's, that's, we're going to look at that verse. Different people throughout history have taken that verse very seriously. <laughs> Pray without ceasing. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> um, so daily prayer um, and something... Um, we call fixed hour prayer. What is what do I mean by fixed hour prayer? Specific time. There's a specific time of the day you stop what you're doing and you pray. All right. That might sound medieval to our ears, but it actually goes all the way back to the Old Testament. We're going to look a little bit at that. Um, so Deuteronomy chapter six. Jumping right in here, because I want to get to the practical stuff as well. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words which I command you this day shall be upon your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. And you shall bind them as a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Um, This is called the Shema, uh, from the first word in Hebrew, to hear, listen, 
uh, hero Israel. Um, This is the basic Jewish, um, Israelite, now Jewish, prayer. This is their basic creed, right? Um, They, this is their confession of faith. um, And it's a confession of the name of God, the unity of God, right? Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord. It's also a command to listen, right? Hear, O Israel, listen. Um, our word, the word in Greek and in Latin for obey, both come from the word to listen, <laughs> um, which is which is really neat. Um, so to hear something and then to obey something in the ancient world, we make a distinction. Because in English, there is a distinction. In other languages, there's not always such a distinction. So there's a command to listen, to listen, uh, to listen with your whole heart, with your whole soul, with your whole strength. And those words were memorized. Those words were prayed every day. And they were recited. Um, and they're still recited today. Um, now, jump over. Um, to ch- I just want to see here. I wrote down chapter 11, and I'm wondering why. Um, no, that's okay. That covers it. All right, let's jump over to First Chronicles, a book we don't go to very often. But we're going to go there today. First Chronicles. That's... First Chronicles, chapter 23 starting at verse 30. And they shall stand every morning, thanking and praising the Lord, and likewise at evening. And whenever burnt offerings are offered to the Lord on Sabbaths, new moons, and feast days, according to the number required of them, continually before the Lord. Thus they shall keep charge of the tent of meeting and the sanctuary, and they shall attend the sons of Aaron, their brethren, for service in the house of the Lord. So, how often were the Israelites commanded to pray? Morning and evening, right? You see it? The morning and evening were tied with the sacrifices. So there was a sacrifice in the morning, there was a sacrifice in the evening, and whether or not you could make it to the temple, you were commanded to pray. And so you'd wake up in the morning and say your Shema and your prayers, and likewise in the evening. Um, so public prayer was morning and evening. Psalms were chanted by the, Le- the Levites who were in choir. So the Levites would chant the Psalms, um, and um, there would be um, the morning and evening sacrifice. Um, if you were not in Jerusalem, what direction in the Old Testament were you supposed to pray? To the east, towards Jerusalem. And so um, that, that you can see that this becomes... Um, uh, if you go to Daniel chapter 6, this is... This is probably one you know from the story of Daniel in the lion's den. Why was Daniel caught? Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. 
When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber toward Jerusalem, and he got down upon his knees three times a day and prayed, and he gave thanks before God as he had previously done. All right, so Daniel prays three, three times a day. Probably, we, know, we, we can know what two of them are. Morning and evening. And the other one, we could probably guess. Noon. Probably a good guess. All right, so, um, and then there's a psalm. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to, but Psalm 119. There's a bunch of psalms I talk about praying. I'm just going to show you one. Psalm 119, verse 164. Um, Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous ordinances. Seven times a day. So, you have, we've seen in the Old Testament, we've seen twice, morning and evening, commanded by the Lord. We've seen the practice of Daniel three times a day. And we've seen a psalmist who says that he praises God seven times a day. All right. Now, what's the difference between descriptive and prescriptive? Right? What's the difference between a prescription and a description? Right. So you have to, this is a good um, thing to keep in mind. Is the Bible telling us to pray seven times a day? No. It's telling us that the psalmist prayed seven times a day. Right? Do you see what the difference is? Good question. Some people have taken it literally over the years. Um, It's hard to say. It is poetry because we're in the Psalms. So it could be figurative, meaning a a complete amount of time. Um, Or it could be literal. Or it could be both. (laughs) Um, But so you see Daniel, the example of Daniel, and we're going to see the example of Jesus and the apostles. Just because that is what they did does not necessarily mean we have to do it. What do we have to do? What God has commanded, right? So there's a, that's what I'm saying. There's a difference between what God has told us we have to do and the example of what other people have done. Does that make sense? It's, it's, it's especially like when you talk to other Christians about, especially Christians from other denominations, which have a more, um, who have a more charismatic leaning and believe in the gifts of the Spirit and this stuff, they'll go to Acts and say, see, in Acts they spoke with tongues. Right? But there's a difference between a description of what happened and a command that we're told to do. We're not command, right? You see what I'm trying to say? So that's important. I don't want you all thinking that the, the Bible says I got to pray seven times a day, and so I better go and pray seven times a day. No, that's right. That's... <laughs> So far, we've, we've seen one command from Almighty God, morning and evening, right? That, and that was not to us, that was to the Israelites, right? So that, that, that's what we have commanded so far, um, at least from the Old Testament. Okay, quickly going over to um, the New Testament now, briefly. Um, so we're, we're looking for examples of daily prayer. Um, we're going to look at Jesus specifically. Let's go to Luke. We'll just jump around Luke a little bit here. Chapter 5, verse 16. 
We're going to look at Luke and Acts. Um, Luke chapter 5, verse 16. But he, Jesus, withdrew to the wilderness and he prayed. Right, Jesus prays. There's a couple of the verses, but, and I want you to see something specifically. Go back to chapter 4, verse 42. What time, just up a little bit, what time of the day does Jesus pray? In verse 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 42. And when it was day, he departed and went into a lonely place. And the people sought him and came to him, and he would have kept them. Right? So Jesus goes to a lonely place. For what the text doesn't say for what reason, but we know for what reason to pray. It's what he does elsewhere. And um, you can see, um, and if that's not explicit enough for your ears, that's okay. I have another verse written here, but I want you guys to stay in Mark, uh, Luke here and Mark one. Um, I just lost it. Mark one thirty five says. Um, and in the morning, a great while before day, he rose up early, went out to a lonely place, and he prayed. Right? So, why would Jesus pray in the morning? Right? And because it was commanded. Right? He's still under the Old Testament. Right? Makes sense? God commanded them to pray in the morning. And when else did he command them to pray? At night. Luke 6, chapter 12. Or verse 12. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. In these days he went out to the mountains to pray, and all night he continued to God in prayer. Jesus prays in the morning, and he prays at night. And I just want you to see that Jesus follows um, that. And then Jesus, where's that command? That command that we talked about is in chapter 18 of Luke. Here is a command that we have. Chapter 18 of Luke, verse 1. And Jesus, he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray. Right? There it is. We have, Jesus wants us to pray. And pray always. That word always can also be regularly. Um, Okay, so we've seen the example of the Old Testament, morning and evening, right? And sometimes more. Uh, Daniel has the three times a day. Um, we see the example of Jesus, who prays both in morning and evening. Now let's look at the apostles. Um, Luke, the end of Luke, chapter 24, verse 53 I want you to just to see, and they and they were continually in the temple, blessing God. Uh, and we're going to see what that means here in a second. So, where are the apostles? They're in the temple. Then, if we jump over to Acts, we're going to be in Acts for a little bit here. Start first. We'll go to Acts chapter ten. And I want you to see this. Acts ten verse two. Um, this is. Um, Um, this is Cornelius, uh, uh, a man, a devout man who feared God with all his household, and he gave alms liberally to the, pope, to the people, and he prayed continually about, to God. 
So that's that's uh, important. Okay. Um, we see the, going back to the beginning of Acts, sorry, I'm, we're doing jumping around here. If you look at Acts chapter 2, verse 15, note the hour, 2.15. Um, so um, this is what the people... Um, for these men, this is what the people are. Uh, this is what Paul, um, Peter says. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. The hours start at six a.m., so it's nine o'clock. Morning prayer. What are the apostles doing? What are all these people doing? They're all at the temple praying. Um, chapter three, verse one. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour to pray. Ninth hour. Six is six plus nine. <laughs> right? So, three in the afternoon. So, they're going mid-afternoon to pray. Right? Um, and what about chapter 10? Verse 9. Um, the next day, uh, as they were on their journey and coming near the sea, Peter went up to his house stop to pray at the sixth hour, noon. So we have the example of the apostles. They prayed in the, in the morning, in the afternoon, and midday, right, in, in, in Acts. Um, the, the example is that while that temple in Jerusalem was still standing, the apostles would go during the hours of prayer. And there were several because there were a lot of people. And so they, they would go and they would pray regularly at fixed hours and go to the temple and pray. Um, we don't have to go to Paul, but Paul, because we're going to go to Paul in a second, but Paul also has many commands for us to pray continually. Um, the Didache, which is the very first Christian document we have outside of the New Testament, it, we're not quite sure how old it is. It could be um, have been written as early as the 60s AD. So before, it could be written before the end of the Testament, the New Testament, or immediately after. It's like the very first piece of Christian literature we have. It says that the Christians at that time probably about the end of the first century, we're, we're instructed that they were to pray the Lord's Prayer three times a day. Morning, noon, and night. Um, this gets picked up in the Middle Ages. In about, uh, at the end, there was um, um, a gentleman named Benedict of Nursia um, who establishes communities uh, not, he doesn't do it himself. He's building on a tradition. But and in 500, we we see that the um, the the blossoming and growing monastic movement in the early church. They pray seven times a day, following um, that psalm we read. They pray at uh, they pray at uh, lauds at six and then they pray at um 
or they pray at lauds or matins at dawn. Then they pray prime at 6 a.m., terce at 9 a.m., sext at 12 a.m., known at 3 p.m., vespers at 6 p.m., and compline at 9 p.m. So where, where are they getting this from? These hours. They're getting them from the Bible. Now, there's no command to do it that way, is there? But they're seeing that there's morning and there's evening seven times a day. So they space it out every three hours. Um, when the Lutheran Reformation happens, what do we do with all these hours? We um, scrap them all and we leave two. And we've reintroduced a third within the last hundred years. What are the two that we use? Morning and night, matins and vespers, morning prayer, evening prayer, right? Um, and you can see the, the wisdom in that. We don't have time to pray seven times a day, working people, <laughs> right? Um, but there is some benefit of praying in the morning and in the evening, right? And that goes to the only command in the Bible to pray at those times is from God's to Israel. Um, and so... Um, in the Anglican Church, clergy are um, obligated to pray matins and vespers. In the Catholic Church, clergy are obligated to pray matins and vespers. Um, in the Lutheran Church, we are encouraged to pray matins and vespers. Um, but without a direct command from God, we wouldn't ob- oblige our pastors to do it. But we're encouraged to pray matins and vespers. Okay, how can you do that? You have two options, and there's more options than that. First, you have a hymnal. In your hymnal, on page... (laughs) 300-ish, 299. Yeah, 299. 299 to 304. What do you guys see there? Yeah. The, the, here is a daily reading schedule that goes through the entire Bible in one year, and it divides it according to uh, the church calendar. And then on 304, you see a distribution for Psalms. All right? I also send one out, don't I? We send out reading lists, don't we? Uh, various ones. Um, if you have any Lutheran hymnal at home from any generation, there's going to be something like this in there, a, a schedule of readings. And, what, and, it, and we have these nice morning and evening prayer, the simple ones there. You can also jump over to Matins and Vespers. And what do you do? Well, when it says Psalm, you go and plug in the Psalm for the day. If it says um, reading, you go and you plug in your reading for the day. When it says prayer, you can pray from your heart. You can go to the middle of the book that's got all sorts of prayers in here, and you can pick a couple that goes well with what you're on your, what's on your heart that day. If you have a prayer list and someone says, hey, can you pray for me? You can go and find a prayer that's appropriate in here and pray it, right? You can use your hymnal to pray in the morning or in the evening 
or both. That's also what this is for. This is not so you can pick it up, open to the day, read one verse, read the little ditty, and say the little prayer. That's not what this is intended to be for. Your portals of prayer has an order of family worship. Right on page, there's no page numbers. Right after the meet the authors. And do you know what? It's basically the structure of Matins and Vespers. And so you go through, there's an invocation, there's a spot for a psalm. And wouldn't you know it, every day there is a psalm and a reading. A couple chapters from the Bible. And so what do you do? So what, what's today? Today is November the 7th. All right, so today was Sunday, November 7th. The psalm for this morning was Psalm, one, was psalm 41. And so you would go, and at the point where it says psalm, you go and you plug in Psalm 41. And then there's a scripture reading. Well, the scripture readings assigned for today was Isaiah 64, 1 to 9. You would plug that in. Meditation. Ah, now's when you get to read the little ditty. Then there's a prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Um, and you know what? There is a ton of prayers in the back of this book. Prayers for every day. Prayers for every evening. Um, there's prayers for Thanksgivings and surgeries. If somebody's sick, if there's changes in your life, you can pray, You can plug all these prayers in there. And this is actually a pretty good resource. And there it is. That So it, it's more than just open it up and, and take a minute and read the meditation. It's intended to be a method for you to pray daily. Because maybe you don't have your hymnal. Maybe you like the little devotions. Uh, and usually it's just one psalm and maybe a handful of verses, right? It's not... Not terribly difficult. Um, so that's how you use your portals of prayer. And it's awfully similar to the way you, you can use your hymnal. The goal here is to follow the pattern of praying in the morning and in the evening. And in your catechism, what, does, what example does Luther give you? <laughs> he gives you morning and evening prayers. Right? There's, there's a pattern here. Okay, any questions on morning and evening prayer? That's, that's, um, it's hard. I'm not going to, praying once a day is a laudable goal. <laughs> Where you sit down and you open your Bible and you do something like that. I'm a pastor and it's hard to pray twice a day. Uh, <laughs> right? I'm not going to lie. I once tried to do all seven hours. It failed miserably. It's, it's just not, I don't, I, you have to be independent. You have to be a monk to do it. It just, you can't do it. It's just too much. Um, and doing morning prayer and evening prayer every day is hard, but doing once a day, yeah, that's attainable. Uh, and it's different for you. I know Marie would probably do it in the morning, right? First thing, wake up coffee. Some of you might be better at night, right? After dinner, things quiet. You sit down, you have your tea, Right. Some of you might want to play in the middle of the day. That's okay. You can pray whenever. But the resounding thing from the Bible is praying regularly. 
and including the Psalms. <laughs> Psalms are important. The Psalms are the, are the, the, the prayer book of the Bible, right? Um, great. Okay, I want to introduce you folks to another type of prayer that I, I'm almost certain none of you have heard of. This one goes back to the 300s, three 400s. Um, how many of you know that doctors and therapists, psychologists often um, will, and others, often will um, have you do breathing exercises? Have you seen? Uh, Wendy knows. <laughs> um, it's a scientific fact that you're, uh, if you're in a moment of anxiety or trouble, breathing, slowing down your breathing, and uh, helps uh, to bring a calmness um, and to reorient, to reorient yourself. Well, people have known this for a very long time. And the early Christians um, decided that they could take this and use it as a way to pray. And so they call it the prayer of recollection, not remembering something, but to recollect yourself, to take a moment and gather all the fragmented pieces of yourself and put them together again. And how would, and they, the verse that they would look at, and here's now we'll go to Paul is 1st Thessalonians um, chapter 5 uh, verse 6 through 17 pray constantly <laughs> pray constantly that's what Paul tells us to do pray constantly pray continually and so what this prayer does is it goes like this. You take a moment, and you close your eyes, and you try to drown out all that, that stuff buzzing around your head for a brief second. And, on the, and you pray this prayer. Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Or, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Or some, some variant of that. And on the and as you're sitting there, you breathe on the on breathing in, Jesus Christ, Son of God, and you exhale, have mercy on me, a sinner. And you take a few moments in a stressful situation while you're out and about to collect yourself before a meeting, whatever it happens to be. And this is a very good way to pray. One, because you can do it and nobody can be seeing you do it. Second, um, because this reminds us that our very breath, our life and breath and even our, our entire being, says Paul in Acts, right, comes from God. And there are, and if you do it this way, there are spiritual and psychological and physiological benefits. Um, because we're not just we're not just a body. We're mind, body, and spirit. Right? We're a complete package. Um, that's why. Um, that often, that's why when we pray, we we 
we do certain things with our body, right? You kneel, you fold your hands. Why? Because your body and your mind and your spirit are all connected. If you're standing there like this, right, um, <laughs> that'll affect you. But if you're, if you're, you know, or if your eyes are open and you're, oh, you, I need to put an extra coat of paint on those baseboards and oh, you know, your mind can, your mind can wander. So we, that's why we, we do things to make our bodies get into the mojo, so to speak. Close your eyes, fold your hands, whatever you do. Um, breathing also is like that. Um, and as we said earlier, the, the ba- we've said that the basic Christian prayer is, Lord, have mercy on me, right? That this is, um, that this is the breath of, of faith. We pray to God to have mercy on us, and he gives us good gifts. And so this, this is a good prayer to, um, to try. So um, I'd recommend, I'd encourage you to do this. Um, to collect your scattered self and by focusing on your breathing. Uh, and this is important because as you try to focus on those words, on breathing in, breathing out, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, your mind will wander, <laughs> right? And where your mind goes is a good indication of where your heart is. So a good practice might be to have a pad of paper. And as you're trying to do this, take a moment to, to breathe like this. You can write down all those thoughts that come to your mind. And then you can examine them and say, listen, are these things that are taking up, are these becoming uh, idols in my life? Are these things that I'm worrying too much about? Are these things that I need to ask help for, pray to God about, right? Those, it gives you a good inventory of, of, of yourself. It's a good way to identify and confess um, what you're addicted to, your sins, your idols, that kind of thing. Um, this is also a great way to, draw, to take a moment to detach from everything and focus on the fact that Jesus Christ has mercy on you, sinner, and to do so by, by breathing. I know it sounds simple, but it, it, it's it's very effective, especially if you're in a, in the midst of a a traumatic situation. Um, you know, you've just received a call. So and so's in the hospital. I need you to come right away, right? You don't know what to pray for, but you can stop and go. You know, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, right? And it, you can do that a couple times, and it can collect. I'm telling you, it can collect your thoughts. It can collect your, your you collect yourself physiologically, mentally, um, and, it, and it's a good um, um, a good way to pray. Um, now, I'm almost certain that none of you have heard of that before, <laughs> um, but it's a it's a very old way to pray. It's sometimes called the breath prayer. Um, or the Jesus prayer. Um, and um, there was, and if, if somebody wants to, to, to your sciency and you want to know the, the, the physiological stuff, there's, there's a, 
I found a paper online that talks all of the physiological stuff, why breathing exercises work this way. Uh, and the language in here is above my pay grade. So that's, <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So, um, any questions about prayer? I want to, we've talked about prayer. Um, I can maybe ten, spend a few minutes. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that's that's in Matthew chapter 5 or 6. That's in the Sermon on the Mount, I think. There's two places where he talks about that. Um, I think it's Matthew chapter 5 or 6. Um, that's, that's important. What that's talking about is the fact that the Pharisees... Um, hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he says, when you pray, Matthew 6, verse 5, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand in the, and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Um, so this is more about not making a big show of your prayers. Right, you you all go to the restaurant and you sit there and you go, oh Lord, thank you for the, you know for this, and you make a big show of it so everybody can see how pious and holy you are. Right, it's an, so that's the kind of practice he's he's talking about, and it's hard for it's a bit hard to see how that applies today. But I'll let you do the application. But that's the practice that's going on. Big you know guys making a big show of their prayers, and so Jesus is saying, no, go into your room, pray quietly and secretly. Now, what we when we do as church, um, we we come together as a community. That's a different that's a different thing altogether, right? Church, the church prays together. That's part of the reason why we have um, fixed written prayers, so that we don't make a show of it. Um, and also, by the way, our fixed written prayers, which are called collects, because uh, they collect our thoughts together, um, they follow the same pattern. And you can, if somebody wants this, I can write it down for you. But you can take this pattern and use it in your own prayers. First, you address God by a name. Oh, Father, Holy Lord, whatever. Then you add some reason in God that he would help you. So let's say you're looking for healing. Oh, Lord Jesus, the physician of our souls or whatever. Or, oh, merciful God, right? You're, 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 you're looking for some quality in God that relates to what you want. And then you ask a reason. Oh, Lord Jesus, you, um, you don't, don't want any to perish, but all to come to eternal life, right? So you, you restate what God's will is. We pray that, and you put out your whatever it is you're asking for. We pray that um, you would bring my cousin Charlie to the faith. Then you put a reason so that we may all rejoice in the church over your great mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Right? That's how all our prayers are structured. And when we pray them today, you'll, you'll probably see them. Uh, not the prayer of the church, but the, the short little ones. They're all structured like that. And you can take that and you can use that to structure 
your own prayers at home. Uh, it's very simple. Address, address to God. Talk about why God would help you. <laughs> then your petition, the thing you're asking for, then the, the outcome, so that this would happen. And then through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's a nice, simple, simple way to construct a prayer. Um, any other questions about prayer before we pray? Great. So use those portals of prayer. Use those hymnals. Uh, and like we said at the beginning, praying is hard. This is bodily training. Uh, you don't always want to go to the gym, <laughs> but that means some days you just have to grin and bear it, right? Um, and it's, it's just like um, exercise is good for us. Uh, praying is good for us. So let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you have invited us uh, to come to you in prayer. And we thank you that you have given us the chance and open access to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we ask you, Lord, to help us to pray daily, to pray um, often, um, and so, so that we may call upon you uh, and lay all our petitions um, at your care, because we know that you love us and care for us. And this we ask through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Great. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at RevFenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.